and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about the value of margins. Hey Janine. Hey Shannon, how you doing? I'm great, how are you? I'm good too. I'm feeling (laughs) proud of myself because I... um, for some reason, I didn't have the Evernote note open in front of me that has our little script, and uh-huh. I didn't have my mouse near me, so I did that from memory. <laughs> wow! <laughs> After only 114 episodes, I did it without, I almost screwed it up, but I did it. You, I did hear you stumble, and I tried not to laugh. <laughs> But well done. You yeah. made it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and because we've heard from past episodes that uh, I often stumble. And um, I think often uh, is overstating it. <laughs> well, but when I stumble, I really stumble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's excellent. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm glad I could be here for that. Yeah, and I'm glad that I shared it with uh, the listenership so they can be so proud of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, today, this podcast may be of marginal value. I mean, we're talking about the value of margins. That's right, the value of margins. <laughs> yes, we hope it will be of much more value than just marginal. <laughs> right. But we, we started talking about this idea because um, I've noticed as people are trying to figure out like how to plan and how to make decisions when everything is so uncertain that one of the ways you can do that is to um, create margin in your life, in your decision-making, in whatever situation you are, so that you have some flexibility. And I think with perfectionism, um, if you're really sort of dealing with that at a heightened level, which often happens during times of uncertainty, your inclination is to try to get it right and to, you know, to really sort of And I want to say, like, fill out the whole decision, like try to figure everything out. And then if, you know, one thing goes awry, then it all, you know, sort of goes bad. Right. You know, planning is a great thing. But um, sometimes if we plan things in too great a detail where each step is dependent on the previous step, we can... uh, we can really, <laughs> it can go awry easily. And yes. Then, yeah. And when there's so much uncertainty uh, about most things, it's um, building that margin. And, and by that we mean what? Wiggle room. Um, um, I feel like we should describe what we mean by margin. And I'll, I'll yeah. I mean, wiggle room, flexibility. You know, it's like the margins on a paper. You don't mm-hmm. write edge to edge. You leave margins so that... Um, 
you know, you have some space, which is easing for the mind, but also if you need to go back and put in a note or, you know, add something or change something, you have the space to do it. Right. So not everything is packed in so tightly. And that's true of all sorts of things, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have found in my work, when I first started leading organizing teams, I would um, plan, (laughs) I would would have these elaborate plans of what we were going to get done, who was going to work where, how much we're going to get done, and then they moved to the next area. And I learned pretty fast, they literally never went like I planned. Literally. (laughs) Not once. And so now I basically stopped the planning. And it's all fine. I mean, because I, you know. I know enough to 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 make on the spot decisions. I don't have right. to plan it so far, but but yeah, I definitely could have used some more margins in those early in those early um, big team jobs. Yeah, because it gets really stressful if you have you know created a plan or made a decision that relies on everything to work in a particular way. When it starts not working that way, that really heightens your stress level. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. And instead of um, going, not over planning and going with the flow where you're just adapting as you go along. Right. uh, I mean, everyone, people are wired differently, I know. But for me, that's a more, definitely a more enjoyable approach. But it's taken me a while to get there. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely someone who (laughs) will plan, (laughs) over plan like a trip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I... Totally get that. Um, And also, you know, whatever, whenever I've been inclined to like really plan something down to the detail, it rarely ever works out. Right. And not like it doesn't work out, but like it doesn't go according to plan. I may get to the place I wanted to get, but probably not by the route I expected to take. Right. I I feel like we Maybe we discussed this in the episode we did on travel. This is feeling a little bit familiar. From, Does it? I don't know. I would get, yeah, <laughs> maybe. So, and that was episode 59. We talked about building flexibility into our, um, into our travels. Oh, yeah, we did. Because I talked about how, like, I like to have you know, depending on the length of the trip, at least one full day or one right. half day. Um, or more where n- nothing is scheduled right at, yeah at, during the trip and then you also like yes. that, that buffer at the, coming home a day early before you have to get back to real life and give yourself yes. at the end of the trip that buffer yeah yes so those are examples of the kinds of margins we're talking about as well right yeah yeah and I'm also thinking about um our conversation is making me think about when I was planning my wedding and how I, my destination, quote unquote, was that, you know, Mike and I be legally married at the end of the day. Uh (laughs) And, you know, that was, that was the one thing that had to happen. And everything else was, you know, um, uh, What's the word I want? I don't know, gravy, superfluous? Not superfluous, but um, yeah, like gravy. It was, Mm -hmm. um, ah, whatever, the word will come to me. Anyway, you get the idea. Mm -hmm. But But so then what I did was I created, I thought about like how I wanted the event to feel, like how I wanted to feel, how I wanted the people to feel, 
who are attending and um, started planning around that. And I didn't get super rigid about what that meant. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and I just, you know, sort of kept my eye on, I wanted people to have fun. I wanted them to, I just wanted it to feel like a fun party celebrating love. And, um, and to be really personal, be unique to us. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, sort of made my decisions based around that. And it was really a low stress planning. And then, you know, at the actual wedding, it was pretty low stress. Um, because I, I didn't care, you know, like, I remember a friend saying, and I sort of feel like I've told this story, too. But Um, I remember a friend of mine saying like, oh, it's going to get stressful and you're going to, you know, freak out and um, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, you know how planning weddings are and how weddings are. And I'm like, well, no, because all I care is if we're married and anything else is, you know, a good story. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And he he just looked at me like I was insane. I'm like, you know, I'm too old to get stressed out over this. Yeah. That was a very successful approach because not only did you get married at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. you um, you totally didn't look stressed out at the wedding. And it was a delightfully fun wedding without and unusual and personal. I mean, it was it was terrific. There was nothing stressful about from a guest standpoint about that wedding. That's for sure. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And since we're talking about your wedding, can I just um, um, what's the word? Uh oh, Shannon, we can't think of words. The, I want I to stray from the topic for a moment. There's another word for that. Uh-huh. I think it starts with a D. Um, to say, I think it's absolutely hilarious that you celebrated your anniversary on the wrong day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we should have started that. If uh. that wasn't like embracing imperfection, I don't know what is. Oh it is God. so funny. Okay, so here's the story for people who don't follow me on social media. Um, uh, Our wedding anniversary was last week on July 8th, uh, last week from when we're recording. And uh, I will admit that a few weeks before that, my husband and I had to have a conversation about what date our anniversary actually was on. And... It, and we remembered that it was July 7th, oh. and, or excuse me, July 8th. Oh, okay. We knew it was July 8th, mm-hmm. but for some reason, we thought July 8th was Tuesday. <laughs> it's the pandemic. When, yes, and July 8th was Wednesday, but for some reason, we got it in our heads that it was Tuesday. And so then, you know, I went from thinking about our anniversary being the 8th to our anniversary being Tuesday, and... So we um, got this like amazing Italian takeout dinner and we went and had um, uh, this picnic up on Mount Tabor in Portland and watched the sunset and had a little Prosecco and we exchanged presents and really had a very, very lovely evening. Went home the next morning and I remember thinking that day like it's so weird that I didn't have any Facebook memories pop up about the wedding but you know I was like oh whatever oh Facebook (laughs) yeah and then um the next morning I went out for a run 
And I came home and I checked Facebook and all these memories pop up about our past two anniversaries and our <laughs> wedding. And then I was like, and then the one that did it was um, where we got married had an outdoor marquee that um, had the date on it. And I looked at it and it said 7817. And I looked at my watch and I was like, wait. <laughs> and then I saw it was the eighth, and that yes, you know, the day before was not the eighth, and that we had celebrated on the wrong day. It's so fun. The two, you're, you're two very smart people. You'd think that one of you would have noticed the date on Tuesday. Well, so Mike claims that he thought it was the wrong date, and but he didn't want to say anything because he, if he was wrong, then he would be wrong. <laughs> He didn't want to risk being wrong to say, isn't it Wednesday? <laughs> oh, for heaven's sakes. The thing is, it's like an empirical thing. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. I know. Oh, my God. Well, I woke up to the, on, the, on, the, on the 8th, and yeah. when I looked at Facebook, I saw your messages that you had posted the night before about your beautiful anniversary dinner, and I was mm -hmm. so confused. I was like, today's the 8th. Her anniversary is on the eighth. <laughs> she posted this yesterday, and I and I like I, my mind couldn't get around. It. And I was going to check my calendar, but you know, my dad had a health event that day, right? So I know it was yeah. the eighth. Yeah. So right. uh, the, on your on your wedding day, so um, it was just like I, I, I hadn't reconciled it yet. And then you posted on Facebook, "Oh my God, I can't believe we celebrated on the wrong day." That just I yeah, tell so many I, people about that. It's so funny. Oh my God, I started laughing so hard. And then the first thing I did was type in all caps to Mike, oh my God, our wedding is today, not yesterday. Or our anniversary <laughs> was today, not yesterday. And then I posted on Facebook, like, yeah. oh my God, our anniversary is today, so not funny. yesterday. <laughs> did, did you guys celebrate again? That's what I want to know. Um, uh, no, not really. Yeah. We thought about it, but, you know, it's complicated to celebrate yeah. during a global pandemic. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm sorry for that diversion, but I just had to say <laughs> that I just thought it was so funny that you did. And that's beautifully imperfect, right? I mean, yes. you, you know, you guys kind of made a mistake, but you didn't because you had a beautiful night and a beautiful celebration. And then you got to have it a, another a day of celebrating. So, yeah. yeah. And then we got to enjoy it again. And a great story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I've been telling everyone. Yeah. Because it makes me laugh so hard. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Well. So thanks for bringing that up because yeah. I mean I think everyone should enjoy that little moment because that's sort of <laughs> that's sort of priceless, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but um, margins. back to margins. Uh, I was talking to someone today, you know, people are having to make decisions about school and work okay. based on whether or not school's going to happen and that sort of stuff. And that's sort of what got me thinking about this and, and, you know, trying to make decisions that build in margin. And I just had a conversation with someone about it this morning and with the idea of, um, uh, as you're making a decision, you know, try to make a decision that that you have um, sort of the most uh, 
what's i like or i can't i said it in such a great way to her i can't remember exactly (laughs) how i said it but like you know try to go with a decision that where you have more um certainty you know like you you am i making any sense are are you saying that choose the things that you know you can be certain about and work around those yes because there's a lot of things that you know that we don't have any certainty about you know we don't know what kind of stay-at-home orders are going to be in place in a month and a half we don't know um you know we don't know what the level of Uh, the health crisis will be in various places Mm -hmm. in a month and a half. And so if you're trying to make decisions, you know, what do, what are you pretty sure about? Like, Mm -hmm. what can, what do you know? And in this case, it was about um, living on campus or off campus Mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to decide, you know, which makes more sense. And, and so, you know, my recommendation was, to for now point yourself in the direction that has less variables so that would be living on campus as opposed to trying to find a place off campus which introduces a whole bunch of new variables in an already uncertain situation Mm -hmm. Um, and so and by sort of pointing yourself in that direction and keeping margin, you know, allowing yourself the flexibility to make choices as things become more certain or as um, things become uh, less, I don't know, um, transitory, then you are more likely to end up in a situation you want to be in. Right, and it seems to me that it's so much more beneficial than just becoming paralyzed with indecision because of the uncertainty. So focus, you know, it right. would be so easy to make no decisions until you know more. When it, but, but if you can you know, pick something you, you, and go with that, knowing, leaving margin for changing your mind or changing your course as, yes. as circumstances change, that seems to me to be more empowering and... Um, more beneficial yeah absolutely and a big part of that is because not making a decision is making a decision that's right (laughs) it just leaves the decision up to you know what's left when you have to do something you know like what's still available because you know usually what happens is your options narrow as you get closer to the time Mm -hmm by which you have to make a decision. And so not making a decision means you're just allowing outside forces to narrow your choices down. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I'm facing a, a, a kind of a similar, well, a situation that comes to mind, which is that, as I've told you, Shannon, my dad turns 90 in September, and right. he, he lives in Walla Walla, and I, I haven't been able to go there. And I really wanna be there for his 90th birthday, but I don't, like the idea of getting on an airplane and um, maybe picking up the virus and spreading it to him, right? That's the, right. And so when I'm, so I have a, I do have a plane reservation because maybe everything will be better by then. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm also exploring driving. And, yeah. Um, it's a long drive, but 
I've never, and one I've never made, but it could be fun. And um, so I'm looking into, you know, I'm just sort of exploring what the roots would be like, or trying to get a feel for what that would be like and what the expense would be and so forth. And actually the expense isn't bad because I would rent a car because, you know, I got to ask a comfort. Yeah. If I'm going to be in my Great. car for 25 hours each way, I'm going to have some comfort. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, so just sort of what I'm trying to do is have a, a couple of options that I feel comfortable with that I can then steer toward when I have more certainty. Yes. Yeah. But right now, I think that's it doesn't seem like I'm getting on a plane to visit my dad. Right. In right. Right. Well, and I, we just had this conversation with someone else about traveling and um, how if you get on a plane, you really need to be in a position where you can self quarantine for 10 to 14 days afterwards. Yes, indeed. And if you're going to visit someone and you're not planning to stay three weeks, <laughs> right. um, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. I might as well drive and take all that extra time in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <But>, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So does that fit in with what you were talking about? What I yeah, I think it does because, you know, you're creating, you're adding this margin in of flexibility. Mm-hmm, right. Because you're figuring out different options, you're um, you're not honing in on a rigid decision, you're not not making a decision. You're um, you're doing what you can do based on the information you have now. Like right. it wouldn't make sense for you to say definitely I'm going or definitely I'm not going. Right. Although I really want to go, so I, I think I will face. I mean, I will. I'm operating on the, under the um, assumption that I'm going to go. It's just more a matter of how I'm going to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can operate under that assumption, but there are certainly situations where you might not go, such as if they don't allow travel oh, right. into Washington yeah, exactly. <laughs> or into any of the states that you would have to drive through to get there. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Because, <laughs> you know, That's a lot like, of states. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if there, I can't. What, would you drive through Idaho, I'm assuming? I would drive through, um, yeah, South Dakota, Montana, I, a little bit, just a little bit of Idaho. Okay, because I think Idaho is the one that's probably likely to be the most sticky. But, you know, if you have yeah. to drive through somewhere that's really having a huge surge, yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and yeah, I couldn't get there without going through Idaho, I don't think. Uh, yeah. Um, Right, that's a good point. So yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to be cool, and yep. build in some options and try and be okay with whatever has to happen since it's out of my control. Right, right. Um, and remember, like the keeping in mind the the ultimate goal is to celebrate your father for mm-hmm. his ninetieth birthday, mm-hmm. and your hope is that you get to do that in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's a high likelihood that you would also be bringing him a deadly disease, that's not a really very nice way to celebrate him. It's not a, bu- not a good birthday gift. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving, but not in a good, in a good way. way. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, we laugh, but it's like, I mean, they're saying in Oregon that that's the, the biggest problem right now as they're doing contact tracing are social events between family and friends and that um you know because even if it's small groups people get together because it feels safe and then 
like entire families are getting right diagnosed so yeah um so you know you just you figure out like where your comfort level is and then you just in this case you just have to wait until you get closer exactly yep and you allow yourself the space to be able to do that so you know presumably you got a ticket that's changeable or refundable or whatever and um you know i think it's really just about not locking yourself into something that um uh sort of forces you to make a decision that you might not otherwise make yes right um yeah so i i think that like just allow and the other thing that this makes me think of is that you can't underestimate the sort of mental emotional bandwidth that's taken up by the stress of living in a global pandemic during a time of social unrest and economic uncertainty and political uncertainty and you know sort of all the things that are going on and that takes a fair amount of brain power just to sort of be functioning today and so building in margin just in your day and you know just in your every day is a really useful thing like don't expect that you can accomplish the same amount that you could accomplish say six months ago exactly yeah um that's being kind to yourself it's it, yes. I, I was i took bix for a play date and I was scheduling the next one with a friend who has a, a standard poodle. And I said, well, next week is really hectic for me. And then I said, well, for, for, for these days, right? It, yes. I had like two appointments on my calendar. <laughs> and so, <Right. laughs> so it's like, I couldn't possibly have a play date. <laughs> um, it just felt like way too much. Yeah, it is, it's a definitely a different, a different um, scheduling situation. And I... For one, I'm really grateful to have a much less full calendar, just yeah. from a stress standpoint. Yeah, it's nice. So um, I just think it's important for people to keep cutting themselves slack. Like this is, these are not things that we're used to. And and while we've always sort of lived under uncertainty, or you know, in a space of uncertainty, we've been able to create the illusion of certainty in our lives and predictability. And just now, it's like you know that illusion has been, um, you know, the curtain's been drawn back. It's like, mm, right. no, not really. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, anything else to say about margin? The value of margins. Uh, no, I think I feel. I feel we've covered it. Excellent. Well, we want to hear from you. How do you create margin in your life? How have you found it to be important? Um, How might you use margin in decision-making going forward? You can let us know by calling 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. And leave a message. You can leave a comment on the show notes for this episode at gettingtogoodenough.com. Or you can um, let us know on social media, Facebook and Instagram at gettingtogoodenough and on Twitter at gtgenough. But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. 
and Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. I'm still laughing about the anniversary thing. (laughs) Oh, you'll be laughing for years to come.